Chris, you're here. What's up, man? It's been a week. I know. We thought you might not be here yet. Here yeah, you well, yeah. I mean, I guess we're recording earlier than we usually do instead of the end of the week. <laughs> I mean, you know, no one's going to know. Never mind. Yeah, I said it to an unlisted broadcast because of the mass number of zero people that get notified when we do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're syndicating it through an actual podcast feed, the YouTube channel probably doesn't get near as much traffic or whatever. So yeah. for, for anybody that doesn't know, we actually stream this live on Google Hangouts or YouTube live or what, whatever Google decided to call it this week. We use that. And uh, so you can watch us in video form. But it's really Real not that boring. But yeah, it's not that interesting. We need to get some studio sets and stuff going on. Yeah, man, money is just an yeah. object. Yeah, we just need you know someone to donate ten grand so we can get some cameras and lighting and uh, you know then we won't have fun anymore. Yeah, it'd be cool though. Like we could do like Joe Rogan's podcast. That's a good one. Just record for. 23 hours a day and <laughs> yeah live stream your whole life <laughs> uh one of my best friends every time you talk to him not every time that's an exaggeration but you'll talk to him and you'll be talking about something he'll be like well on joe rogan i heard <laughs> and you're like well what didn't you hear on joe rogan <laughs> they talk a lot about <laughs> all kinds of things so what's new and new in programming land what uh what struggles are you uh having in in programming this week that's um, that's the key the topic that flows as soon as you learn to code you know it's just problems from there on out <laughs> uh i haven't had too many problems this week today i've been fighting cash invalidation okay uh, yeah that's not a easy one yeah I, I was having an issue where i was trying to use so like in rails you can just say cache and then give it like an active record object mm-hmm. and it'll look for, I guess, I assume it's ID and it's updated at. Um, yeah, I believe but, so. But you can also open up an array and like give it multiple values. And when you do that, I think it's stops doing that. Uh, and I didn't realize that. So I think it was just caching on the ID. So it like never changed. Mm. So I was like, I was in staging testing it, like ready to go to production and it wouldn't like bust the cash. I was like, no. So I've been working around that. Luckily you caught it on staging. (laughs) Yeah. And I I didn't catch it in development, which was weird. Um, But I wasn't using, I don't know if this matters. This is just, I mean, I, I was literally trying to figure this out like 20 minutes ago. So it's fresh in my mind, but like I just use, there's like a, a rake task you can run. It's like rails dev cache and it just flips caching on and off in development. And it uses, I think it just uses memory store. Um, but we use Redis for production. So I was like, well, maybe there's a problem like not using Redis locally. And sure enough, when I turn Redis on locally, the cache would not bust. And that's what's like, Oh, okay. This is actually like, Hmm is a problem so that certainly seems like something uh, you wouldn't expect like the difference between the two not 
you know, not uh, being consistent. It seems simple enough that it, you would imagine they would work the same. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I totally like, I don't know, maybe I have a setup configuration wrong somewhere, but I've got, I could be completely wrong on this. I know, I know, all I know about caching I've learned in the last two weeks. So, um, <laughs> well, you know, this is one of those points. If they are different, it points out just how important it is to use, you know, as much of the same stuff as what will happen in production and development. Um, yeah. You know, using Redis or whatever, like definitely all those things are important. Maybe operating system doesn't matter as much, but definitely your you know, services you're using and whatever make a big difference. So, <clears throat> so you guys are using uh, Redis for caching instead of like Memcached. Yeah, um, at least at least to get started. So that's fair enough. That's what. That's what pretty much all my Hatchbox stuff is like. Just use Redis because you're already going to run it for Sidekick or whatever, Action Cable. So, like, it's another thing to manage if you have to also manage Memcached. Another thing that could crash, at least with Redis, like, you're going to make sure it's up and know it's up because everything uses it. And it's all namespaced well enough that it's fine. Yeah. So we're actually, I think we have two separate Redis instances. So we're actually splitting out like our background jobs. And then um, I think we already do some like, I don't, the term is low level caching. So we have Redis for that. So we're just going to tie into that one. But yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last week or I'd gotten to that point last week, but some like initial testing I've, been able to improve response times like quite a bit um that's a scientific measurement for it right there yeah that <laughs> that's scientific <laughs> somewhere between quite a bit and a whole lot uh, that's sounds good then yeah, yeah. it's the, it's the big o of caching <laughs> yeah the big eh. yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, we no. I've got it. I'm trying to think of the actual numbers off the top of my head. It was some odd, like maybe 1100 milliseconds. So, quite an improvement for 1100 milliseconds for what? Uh, rendering, like rendering a view, like the whole response time. Oh dang, that's slow. So, <clears throat> yeah. So that'll be important. Then it sounds like if that's a fairly slow view, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, and it's just a test. It's like in a Oh, okay. Like simulating. Yeah. Um, sorry, this is a, like the whole thing is an experiment. Like oh, we're, okay. we're we're call I'm calling it a test because it's like a small part of the app. And then if this goes well, we'll look for other places we can use it. Yeah. Well that makes a huge difference long term and then it's good for SEO and stuff too, because faster your site responds, the better Google likes that, as you would expect. So users like it better too, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's been fun. Um, I'm excited to get that out the door. Yeah. Uh, I'm redoing my blog. That's oh, fun. tell me more about that. What are you using for your blog? So I've been an avid WordPress blogger for a long time. Okay. Um, I, I don't really have many of the frustrations and complaints that a lot of people have about WordPress. 
Uh, or maybe it's more fair to say that I do have those, but the benefits outweigh like the problem. Sure. Um, so I've been wanting to kind of build my own site for a while. I used a Genesis theme and it was like, I had it real minimal. I didn't I, like, there's not a lot of stuff on my website. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And so like I had to fire up WordPress locally, which meant like installing my SQL and PHP and then just copying the whole site down. And then I don't know if you've ever built a WordPress theme, but like there's, there can be a lot of moving parts. And I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and uh, I started kind of just thinking about it and really like, and I didn't even do that much hunting. Like a lot of people are doing like, or a fair number of people are using Qgo now, the static site generator built in Go. There's Gatsby for like JavaScript. And I was like, I just want to be plain and use Jekyll. And like, so yeah, yesterday I started firing up a Jekyll install. Uh, somebody had this fantastic little tool that will, or it's actually a WordPress plugin that will export all your posts into Markdown, like for Jekyll. I've used that before. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that and I've just been kind of tweaking with it. Um, I know like one of the complaints about Jekyll is like the bigger your site gets, the slower it gets to like compile or to generate. But yeah. like, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't really matter too much to me. I, I, I'll update it like once a week. So yeah, it's your blog. It's not, it's not your company's website, you know, with thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. <clears throat> yeah. Know? And like, I don't know, I'm just excited. I'm excited to have a static site. Um, I'm excited to actually try and write more. Um, and then one thing I did is I'm actually kind of trying to move away from blog into like actual website. Um, so I've, I've heard a couple of people talk about this, um, mostly Ian Landsman and Adam Lathan. And they talk about, I'm sure other people talk about how essentially like really the stuff like I'm writing is stuff I want to be more timeless. And it's not really like, oh, this is a thing that I want to talk about today, if that makes sense. Like it's usually more kind of tutorial based. And so when you go to my website and like it's just a list in like ordered by date of like different things I've talked about, I don't know. It didn't really seem like a good fit. So I, I've actually divvied it up into sections. So I have like Rails tips, things I talk about Ruby. Uh, I've talked about Hanami before, so I put that in there. And then at the bottom, I still have blog posts because there are some things that are like just my thoughts, which are mm -hmm. more of a blog. So I like that idea. That's where I started when I started Go Rails. It was my personal blog. I was just writing tutorials and, uh, it was some tutorials, but it was also like I ran into a bug that I couldn't fix within like six hours of Googling and all this stuff. So then I was like, okay, I'll just write a blog post about that error and how I solved it and why and whatever. And uh, over time I was like, this is such a weird mix of like, here's some ideas, here's some errors, here's some how to deploy rails 
and so then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take all this like Rails content, buy a new domain and throw it all up there um, and just keep my notes public for what I'm working on. And that became GoRails. And then it made sense to make screencasts and make a business out of it. But yeah, it came from the same thing of like, look, I'm going to write this tutorial, but I'm going to keep updating it because it's my notes. So they're having dates on this stuff doesn't really make sense because it's always going to be accurate as long as I keep updating. So yeah, I like that idea. I think that's, um, I think it's the right way to treat a lot of that content. That's not just your ideas and kind of blog thoughts or whatever. It's a good thing. I, um, I use Jekyll as well. It's awesome. I love it. Um, Reminded me, as you're mentioning it, my first job out of college, I got working at a place called the Genome Institute in St. Louis and Wash U, the university. And um, we had, we did like cancer research and stuff. And so we had this big pipeline of software that they would sequence um, like sample of cancer or whatever. And then uh, we'd have this pipeline of software that it would, they'd run all the information through and the data and whatever. And um, there was all like this giant pearl mess. It was a lot of uh, stuff at the time. It was just kind of like a lot of pearl, a lot of old school, like people who are working on it, worked on it for a very long time. So there were, it was hard for somebody new like me to number one, learn pearl. Uh, but number two, like, you know, just understand everything that was going on. It was a lot. And I ended up actually working on, so we had documentation for all these little tools and things we made um, in this big Git repository. And so my job ended up being taking Jekyll and then going through this Git repository and pulling all the documentation out of the code and then building a Jekyll website dynamically and then rendering like navigation for all the like classes and documentation and methods or whatever else that was in there. So it was really fun. And I did that for a couple months, just like this giant Git repo building websites. And so I had these like templates for Jekyll that I had built. So then, you know, it would go through the Git repo and fill out the template. And then that would be rendering it would be like meta programming jekyll code basically because um i had to dynamically insert stuff into actual jekyll things and then run jekyll to export it and upload it to you know the production site so it was pretty cool um it was way back when that was like 2011 so that was a long time ago in jekyll years <laughs> yeah i i've used jekyll just a small handful of times my dog's barking and my child will wake up soon. Sorry, everyone. Um, I've used a small handful of times and I don't know. I don't need like kind of, I don't need the speed. I don't need like the flash, like, or the shininess of the new things. Like Jekyll works fine. And there's a ton, like ton of tutorials on like little things I want to do. So, yeah. And it's, I mean, if it's a website that you're going to change once in a while, who cares how fast it takes to compile that? You can run it on a CI, compile it, and then upload it to your server. You know, like all I do is I have a bash script that I wrote that I just call deploy.sh 
and it just runs Jekyll and then R syncs it over to my server and it's done. That's it. Nothing to it. And so then, you know, when I want to deploy it, that's it. Two line bash script or whatever it is and we're done. So um, I've just liked the simplicity of it. And then it's like the fastest website you could possibly get at that point. Cause it's just static. Yeah. The other thing I'm trying to do is minimize, um, I guess like the dependencies on the site. So I've been trying to find a way to do analytics without bringing any like third party JavaScript in, which I don't think is possible um, without like doing like server log based. Yeah. Up. You could analyze your logs, but that would be about the only other option. Yeah. So I think that'll be my like one exception. The other thing is uh, if you do it server side, it won't be as accurate as client side because um you know, if the browser caches a page and you you view that page several times, it may not even make a request to the server or whatever. So you might miss out on some actual numbers there, but it'd probably still be close enough or whatever. So, yeah, and my design is so basic; it's like sixty lines of CSS, and there is no like bootstrap or anything like that. So. Yeah, that's how mine was. It's totally custom and easy, really nice to just, I don't know, have simple stuff. But there are some times when I'm like, man, I wish I just had like the Tailwind classes so that I could just skip through some of this responsive crap. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Tailwind, I did consider. Um, but yeah, so that's been like a little pet project I've been working on. And then that's, I guess the only other fun. thing uh, is, I, ch I don't know if you saw the email because we haven't talked about it. I changed uh, the remote Ruby meetup frequency. I saw that. Yeah, I saw you post that today. Yeah, it's been really hard trying to get people speakers once a month. And yeah. it's even harder when you have to like throw together something. And I don't know, I feel like it kind of loses my... Um, excitement and interest for it and then it's not really exciting interesting for the other people so I figure if I just do it like four times a year maybe I can like put all my effort that I'm using right now trying to gather talks and people into just putting four really good ones together every year so we'll see yeah yeah it seems like a, a good thing um, plus it's not like you have a uh, Ruby conference or anything that you're dealing with on the side. Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> we're in crunch mode for Southeast Ruby. This is so, what three weeks away, something yeah, like that. Today, Four weeks, maybe. Yeah, today is July 11th. It's August 2nd. So yeah, we're close. Yeah, well, as I'm getting back from vacation, I will just have to pack up again and head down <laughs> visit you. So that would be good. I'm looking forward to it. I had a lot of fun last year. Looks like a few uh, few more GoRails people are going to be there. A couple of them mentioned they were going, so I'm excited about that. be fun. Um, how's the the last crunch time going? Like, what, uh, what things are, have, having never organized a conference before, you know, like, what are the things that you're, like, dealing with? So the... The thing that we work on the most the last month is we have a better idea of numbers of like people okay. coming 
Yeah. Uh, so that's when we actually start like ordering food, like planning parties, things like that. Ordering t-shirts, lanyards. So all that is like getting you're ready pretty to much, go. You pretty much have to do that last minute, I guess. Yeah. Like, because we have pretty much unlimited number of spots. And so like, if I had like 200 spots and then we sold 200 tickets, like I could go ahead and do all that stuff because like we'd be technically sold out. Yeah. Right. But I can't do that. So, but yeah, yeah. you don't have a limit on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. The food and drinks and all that stuff and snacks. That's a lot of things that could be really overshot, really undershot, like vastly different costs or whatever. So makes sense. You have to worry about anybody's schedules or anything like, you know, anybody dropping out or anything last minute. Does that happen much? Usually if they do, they give their ticket to someone else um, mm-hmm. or sell it. So I meant, what about like with speakers? Oh, sorry. Um, we have waitlisted speakers in the event that does happen. Yeah. Um, so I, okay. We have, we have a few and then we offer free tickets to the conference in case like someone actually like drops out like day of, um, which last year luckily did not happen. And fingers crossed doesn't have to happen <laughs> again this year, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, I'm really excited to get to Nashville and see everyone and conference with everyone. So um, the other thing is there, and we haven't even announced this like publicly yet. Uh, maybe we will before this drops. But there's a pre-conference party actually being put on by Ramsey Solutions. Okay. And. Um, we had chatted about this. I guess this will be the first time you know for sure. But uh, I think we're talking about actually recording this podcast live that night. So, yeah, we'll have to make sure we we are all prepared. We'll actually have to like talk before we click <laughs> start recording. Right. It'll be not in person, or well, it will be in person, unlike normal, which is not in person, which will be fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It'll be. It'll be That's cool to do it in person. So. The night before? Yeah, so that'll be Wednesday, August 1st. And then okay. if, you're, if you're coming to the conference August 2nd, there's an after party. And Speaking then, of, I don't remember if I booked a hotel yet or an Airbnb yet, so I'm, I'm going to have to double check on that. <laughs> you should stay till Saturday this year. Yeah, I should. Um, we'll probably do that. We'll just make another week out of vacation basically <laughs> friday friday night is when i'm like okay it's done let's go have a good time yeah yeah i had a santa's pub yeah santa's <laughs> pub a double wide trailer that is christmas themed year-round also a karaoke bar in nashville my favorite <laughs> place in the whole world <laughs> I love it. It's so great. <laughs> they sell hot dogs and like they get like a big old pail of nacho cheese outside. It's like a little fold up table and all the prices are like handwritten. <laughs> Man, that sounds great. Cause I didn't get to make it last year. You guys went, didn't you? After uh, I didn't. I actually didn't make it out last year, but uh, a crew of people did go out. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, because I think I had to pack up and leave after pretty much that day or something. So, out of out of all the conference tips I've ever gotten, not talking about organizing, just attending, I think it was in it was one of the Ruby or Rails comps. Uh, my friend Nick Means said the best hangouts happen the last night. Like after like certain people, like some people started to leave, like everybody's over with the conference. And so my rule of thumb has always been stay the extra night. Like, yeah, that's a great point. I I've had that experience too. Like one of, one of my favorite conferences I ever went to was um, uh, Ruby on ales in uh, Bend, Oregon. And we, like one of my friends and I flew out there to Portland, rented a car, drove through the mountains and like the semi trucks and everybody else pulled over to put chains on their car. And we didn't have chains <laughs> we in this rental car. We we're just like, ah, screw it. We'll just drive through the mountains and all the snow and hope we get there. And it took forever to drive through there and we finally made it. And then the conference, um, they had like a bar that opened at like 9 a.m. So the first day, everybody's kind of like quiet and just, you know, getting used to the conference and everything. And then the next day, it was like everybody started drinking at 9 a.m. and just became, you know, just really everybody was just having a really good time. And like the last conference talk, somebody brought up like six beers for the speaker to finish <laughs> before their talk was done. <laughs> like it was it was just a blast. So that that one was one of them where it was like, you know, the the first day of the conference, everybody gets to like, you know, catch up and, and they're all just kind of like not is comfortable but then the sex second day and and after that ends up just being like really good and friends hanging out and everything so i think the post you know second day of the conference meet up or afterwards and the next day after that even is probably even better because you know just everybody's then you know had some time to regroup and and give back together and stuff so it's a lot of fun but i'm gonna have to definitely make sure i get a place booked for that week because i don't think i did so we'll see you shortly then in person which will be fun um excited so uh enough about me what's going on with you getting ready for vacation yeah, mostly just, you know, record a few episodes of Go Rails ahead of time so I can publish those while I'm on the road. Um, I'm doing a bunch of support for Hatchbox and stuff, which has been good. Just ironing out. I mean, there's, turns out, you know, if you build your own Heroku, it's pretty hard. And if you don't control the servers like they do, it's even harder than what they do in some cases, I'm, I'm sure. So uh, it's just been like, a long process and the, and it's so heavily dependent upon background jobs that it makes the front end being consistent with the state of stuff in real time pretty hard and so i've i like sort of cheated and uh, you know mostly use turbolinks to or action cabled like when a status of something changes then i'll just like refresh the page with turbolinks and you know that would make any changes come to life the unfortunate part about that is that means that your UI can be a little stale if 
that action cable message didn't come through or whatever. And so I've got a, I don't know when I come back, I've got uh, my work cut out for me because the whole UI kind of needs a rewrite probably entirely. And um, I'd like to probably also get off of um, bootstrap four and move to tailwind because it's going to start needing some design love from a designer. So hoping that um, you can make all those changes when I get back. But for now, it's just kind of ironing out a bunch of the little odds and ends that have been frustrating for a while and then make the big changes when I get back. But yeah, um, I had fun today, though. I was recording an episode for uh, a few weeks from now and actually ended up uh, resurfacing a little open source project that I did like three years ago, I guess. And I've got a couple of these that I did a few years ago. One of them, not not the one I use today, but it's called, I don't even know if the site is up and running right now, but it was called OAuthable or something. And I went through and downloaded every single OmniAuth gem I could possibly find and installed it into one Rails app. And there are so many dependencies. So like, there's, you know, all of these are using OAuth of some version, and then they use a different version of OmniAuth underlying. And so then those were not compatible and all this crap. But the big thing that I was trying to do with this site was, you know, sometimes you want to just build an app that talks to Twitter's API, but you don't need your Rails app to go through and have login with Twitter and all that crap just to get an API key. You want to just test working with the API. So I actually built the site so that it would have like 70 some OmniAuth integrations. You would drop in your API keys and it would dynamically insert them because um, OmniAuth normally is hard coded. So I set it up so you could dynamically insert them into the process and then you could get an API token back and test like, okay, if I use these scopes, do I have the correct access and all that? So it was a fun little project, but around that time, I also did a webhook one where it just sits there and you get a URL and you can plug it in anywhere for the webhook URL. And so the intention of that was to build the site to record it. So you could then like for Stripe, they send a lot of webhooks over. They have a way to view the JSON that it's posted to you. Pretty much no other site that makes webhooks has that. So you need to store your Rails logs so you can repeat those things or whatever. Um, and so I built the site so it would just store them for you. And then you could then post them to your app yourself. And I was going to build a tool to let you replay them just for testing and all of that. So I was actually working on an episode on sending webhooks today. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I think I built a website to like just store these webhooks. Because I was making the episode on sending, because I've done episodes on receiving webhooks, but not sending before. So ended up digging up this old open source project. And turns out, uh, I think Postgres on the server had shut down for some reason. And uh, so it didn't work. And then just upgraded the packages and it was back up and running. So it was kind of funny. But had I probably deployed that with Hatchbox, um, at the time, then it, it might still be running, but I'm going to have to move it over to another server and have Hatchbox manage it now. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of fun digging up an old 
open source project like that. And I was like, this is actually really useful. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Hatchbox again, you had a, uh, an article written about Hatchbox. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, it's posted on like Lifehacker and whatever their Kinja. It was like some blogging platform, I guess they got. It was great. It was good to see people using it. And, um, I got a referral for um, one of your coworkers building a Rewardful, Kyle. Um, he got me set up with a you know, referral program for Hatchbox, which is nice. So it's good to see that being used. I think the guy that posted the, uh, the article has got his rewardful link in there so it's it's cool to see that i need to i made the mistake um and should warn everybody that if you build two apps just use separate stripe accounts just do that if you have two separate apps you know even if it's still the same business like two separate stripe accounts can deposit to the same account it's okay so i made the mistake of putting go rails and hatchbox on the same stripe account and uh you know credit card um, failures, you send a link or an email with a link to update your credit card. Well, you know, they all point to gorails.com because they don't know that they're for a different app or different product. And so then um, things are just kind of a pain to have both things on the same uh, Stripe account. So sometime soon, well, I guess after vacation, um, I'll have to migrate everybody's Stripe customer and subscription stuff over to another account. Luckily, it sounds like Stripe support will do the migration of customers for you. And then I believe what you can do is you can't take the subscriptions over. So you cancel all the existing subscriptions and then you create all new subscriptions with a free trial that happens to end on the day their subscription would renew on the other account. And so I think you can sort of have a seamless transition, but it was kind of a nightmare. And I was like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, kind of, uh, kind of awful. Not really sure, you know, how the receipt webhooks and stuff are going to work out, but that's going to be not a fun migration and should have been smarter ahead of time. <laughs> Well, cool. Anything else you want to chat about, or no? I probably should, uh, you know, start packing for vacation tomorrow. Um, yeah, you know, slacking, doing the usual. I feel yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, enjoy your next week off. Maybe we'll see you the week after. If not, see you the week after that. Yeah, I'll be I'll be gone for two weeks. So. Um, maybe yeah maybe the week after that because it's kind of a not too regular weeks it's kind of starts in the middle so yeah might see you in two weeks definitely we'll see you at the conference um and there was something i was going to mention about that um oh the videos for that um will that be recorded the conference talks and everything yes and unlike last year which i'm still posting I posted my first one, and it's. I was gonna say, I thought I saw that on YouTube recently that you posted. Just slowly putting it on there and hoping people don't judge me for how last minute. I mean, how long it takes me to do things. Um, Yeah, so we'll be recording those, and um, 
releasing those hopefully a lot sooner <laughs> than a year later. So yeah, well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll remind you to do that or something. <laughs> publicly shame you until you do it maybe that's what i'll do fair enough <laughs> they'll be like it's been almost a year and there's a new conference and he still hasn't posted the videos from the last one from 2017 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right man good chatting we will uh catch you guys in the next episode then see ya